0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the College Football Betting Breakdown Show, courtesy of Scores and Odds. I'm your host, as always, Sean, PSU Fans 2 Newsom. Joining me, per usual, the college football world champion in DFS, Alex, fear my turtle heart. And Alex, how does it feel to have that title uh, around your name now?
1: Yeah, it would be better if I had a winning record on the Betting Breakdown
0: Show this year, but that did not happen. Um, I did mean- rough- by by comparison i beat you on the betting breakdown show for the year so technically i'm the world champion because i'm better than you i mean that's, yeah that's
1: we're going to we're going transitive properties already exactly. so
0: exactly anytime it fits the right narrative right you got to go with it so i'll give you guys a quick recap of where we're at for the season and then a quick idea of how we're going to go through this for the uh uh playoffs and bowl season so we are likely going to do three or four shows during bowl season i believe it's going to be three The first show, which is today that you're watching, will be games from the 16th of December through Christmas Eve, which is the 24th and the Hawaii Bowl. After that, we'll do another show that will do games between like the 26th and 29th. Then we will do another show for games between the 30th and the 2nd of uh, January. So we're going to talk about every single bowl game. It's just going to be broken off into three shows. Otherwise, we'd be here for like four hours going through stuff. So uh make sure you're on the lookout for the other ones we are recording this show on the 14th of december which is wednesday we likely will record both of the other two next week around the same time but we might wait for the second one a little bit later we try to wait for some news so that we could give some actual opinions based on like transfers opt-outs due to the draft um And then we do want to still give it early so that you guys have a bit of time to see things and and break things down and listen to it. So that's our plans. Uh, We are not going to be doing three picks over the course of each of these episodes to give to you guys that we like. We will say what picks we like during the show, though, however, uh, as usual. But we're not going to have a recap after this because it'll be the end of the season. So there's really no recap. So regular season recap. I was 23, 17, and 2. On the season, I feel pretty good about that. I finished the season strong with a three 0 week uh, during conference championship week. So I definitely cleared rake for people, and I feel pretty good. If I go six games over 500, over 40 effective bets, I feel pretty good about that. So, Alex, what about yourself uh, during the season?
1: I, I don't know. I don't I don't know my record. I I, I forgot that information. Oh that, so what what am I like? Am I like twenty, twenty one and some and one or something? You like are that?
0: twenty, twenty one and one, yes. Okay. That is correct.
1: So a half game under five hundred. Definitely yep. does not clear uh betting one minus one tens, but that's okay. We had fun along the way, right? Um and redeem myself for this bowl stretch.
0: Definitely. All right, guys, so we're going to start going. I'm going to share my screen here. Uh, Like I said, we're going to talk about bowls up until the 24th of December. We're going to do the Hawaii game, the Hawaii Bowl, and then we're going to call it a day here. All right.
1: Like before we get started, really, like betting college football is crazy in general, but betting bowl season is like even more – kind of subjective than before because you're dealing with lots of transfer like coaching changes so you have to like weigh and like layer like motivation and personnel changes on top of things so it you get some really wacky results so um especially in these early games so just kind of buyer beware on that
0: yeah just we're gonna we're gonna tell you guys what we know from a transfer and opt-out perspective for teams Alex is gonna tell you what we know from a coaches leaving thing then we'll also try to hit on like guys that maybe could opt out or maybe won't opt out due to us having no news on them as of the recording of the show and like alex said like sometimes you're going to see some very lopsided games because teams have massive transfers massive opt-outs major coaching changes so uh that's what we need to know as we go here so first game of bowl season we have the hometown lenders bahamas bowl we're going to call each bowl by its bowl name because it will be pretty funny. Put the respect Um, on it. The full name, sponsors
1: included. To
0: be fair, I mean, if I'm going to a bowl game, I'd much rather go to the Bahamas Bowl than the Idaho Potato Bowl, wouldn't you?
1: Uh, I do like potatoes, but uh, Bahamas sounds nice in December.
0: Yeah, I'm all for going to the nice weather places in December. We'll talk about that as we go, I'm sure, as well. So first game here, we have uh, Miami of Ohio against UAB. There are not really any news and notes in this game about opt-outs. Uh, Brett Gabbert opted out but then opted back in for Miami of Ohio but he's injured and not expected to play as it is. Uh, for UAB, Dwayne McBride has been one of the best running backs in the nation on the year. It does He is eligible for the draft. There's been nothing on him transferring. There's been nothing on him leaving for the draft. So It looks like pretty much this entire game is going to be full of their both allotment of rosters. Has there been a coaching change in this game anywhere, Alex?
1: Well, UAB has a lame duck coaching staff here with Trent Dilfer coming in to be their new head coach next year. I believe the remaining staff is staying and kind of intact to coach this game. So you could see this kind of two ways. Like the players, apparently the players weren't overly happy about the coaching change, too. So you could see them come out and play hard for their new coach. Um, kind of the the flip side of that is they are in the Bahamas and this is not gonna be their coaches, these are not gonna be their coaches next year. So I could see this going a bit sideways in terms of being distracted and not being fully motivated to participate in the Bahama Bahamas bowl. So um if I was a UAB player, I probably would be more focused on the the trip and the perks as well. So no blame there. But yeah. Um It should be the Dwayne McBride show, assuming he plays. And if he's traveling out out of country, like I'm assuming he's going to play. Miami, Ohio's offense just isn't great. Anytime I have a chance to kind of like bet against the max schools and bowl games, I kind of like doing that. So for me, it's like UAB lean or nothing, but I don't have a lot of interest in this game. We have seen a lot of the Bahamas bowl games go a bit wild. So 44 and a half is a pretty low total. I would lean over on that just because I don't know if there's going to be a lot of defensive discipline in place here, but what do you think?
0: Yeah. So Dwayne McBride was spotted entering the, uh, the airplane to get on in route to this bowl. And now I'm going to disagree with Alex though. If I have the option of staying in Alabama, Birmingham or going to, Bahamas, I'm going. I'm getting on the plane and going. Well, they're not going to take him if he's not going to play, right? If he like, well, maybe, if he leaves maybe, early, he'll tell them, maybe he'll tell them when he's there he's not going to play. I'm going to the Bahamas, If I have an option to go to the Bahamas. I'm going to Bahamas. Um, okay. I tend to agree with you. I like UAB. I think they're a better team. Like you said, I, I tend to want to bet against the max schools in bowl games, and this is a spot where we have a max school against a team that has a very. They were 0-4 oh, last year, by the way, the Mac schools and both games. And, like, three of those were, like, absolute, like, blowouts. Like, yeah. I don't think this will be a blowout because I don't think UAB really has blowout in them, per se, in this spot. But I think they're just going to pound the rock, and they're going to win by a couple touchdowns. Uh, I think Miami of Ohio will just get slowly beaten over the course of the game. Also, Avion Smith, their quarterback, is just not a good passer. He's the, the guy that's in for a gabber. Like, last game, he completed, like, 33% of his passes. So, like, it's just not super conducive uh, for them to go in and against a good UAB defense and winning. However, like Alex said, you do have coaching change. Coaching changes sometimes could be a big uh, difference maker. All right. Next game, we have UTSA versus Troy. Uh, for UTSA, it looks like everyone's returning. Somehow Frank Harris has Hold
1: you Hold on. You didn't give the full bowl name. We got it. Oh, I'm oh,
0: sorry. My bad. My bad. The, the- Duluth Trading Care Bowl. Yeah. On ESPN. My bad. Du- Duluth
1: Trading is not going to give us our cut of the of the endorsement if we don't say their name. That so. is
0: that is my bad. Um, I'm going to assume. Where's this game at? Because it can't be. Oh, it's in Duluth, Minnesota. Yeah, I would much rather go to the Bahamas than Duluth, Minnesota. Well, I'm assuming it's in Duluth, Minnesota. Let's see. I think that's an, uh, I would doubt it's in Duluth. I'm yeah. I'm curious now. I'm going to have to look this up for all these bulls just because I'm curious. Um, no, never mind. It's in Orlando. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so uh, apparently it's in Orlando, and it's just known as the Curable also. So, like, Duluth Trading, like you said, is the new sponsor for it. Um, So, Orlando's fine. I like Orlando a lot. You know I like Orlando. Um, UTSA, somehow Frank Harris has eligibility left. I'm not sure how Frank Harris has eligibility left. Feels like he's been there forever. He's like the new Britton Kobe uh, who's just been there for decades, it feels like. Um, the thing is, is Troy's really quite good. Troy's defense is really quite good. UTSA offense or defense is really quite bad. I like Troy in this game. I think Troy's a better team. I also think UTSA is a solid team as well, but I like Troy a bit here just because I think that their offense is going to be able to move the ball against UTSA and their defense is much better than what UTSA has been accustomed to most of the year. So has there been any uh, coaching changes here? And what's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, UTSA lost their offensive coordinator, Will Stein, to Oregon. Um, so second year in a low, they've lost their offensive coordinator. So Frank Harris is coming back next year. He'll have his third OC in three years. Um, this is really just like a clash of styles, good offense versus good defense, and then bad offense versus bad defense. You kind of alluded to which is what. Um, two conference champions here, both 11 and 2, Sunbelt versus Conference USA. So it's pretty interesting kind of contrasting styles. I agree with you on the Troy side. Um I, I just think that like their defense and their run game will show out pretty well. Um, UTSA is not great defensively. They're not great at stopping the run. I think that creates a situation where Troy can just kind of run, 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 and then run more. So um agree with you. I like Troy in this game.
0: Yep. I agree. All right. Next game. Uh, speaking of a place where I would not want to go to in December, Boston, uh, the Wasabi Fenway bowl oh. being played in Boston. How uh, how is how
1: is Big Wasabi sponsoring the the bowl? How can like a food or like a thing sponsor thing? It's like I
0: I do not know, uh but that is what is going on here. Um yeah, it's confusing per se. But yeah, again, this game is going to be in Boston. Uh we'll have to see how the weather is for this game. But <laughs> let's just say there are a few people that will be missing in this game uh for both teams. Cincinnati side, Ben Bryant is injured, is not going to play. So you have Evan Prater quarterback. Uh, Again, I think that's an upgrade. Uh, I think Ben Bryant's not very good, but wasn't impressed with Prater. I think he needs more time to play. I think like by the time he's like older, he will have a better grasp of things. But his throwing motion is just too slow. Trey Tucker has opted out. He will be going to the NFL. Josh Wiley has opted out. He'll be going to the NFL. Jane Thompson has opted to transfer. Nick Mardner, who I did not even know had moved here is transferring shout out Hawaii after just coming from Hawaii and then Leonard Taylor has opted out that is only one team in this game on the other side we have Travion Cooley has transferred Tyon Evans has declared for the NFL Draft Ruben Owens and Jalen Mitchell have transferred that is only four running backs for Louisville that are transferring um and then just a a slight other two people that are transferring or leaving uh they're both actually opting out for the NFL Draft Um, Malik Cunningham. He is uh, good, if you guys are unaware. And then Tyler Hudson. So for Louisville, we are losing four running backs, their quarterback, and their number one receiver. Uh, And Cincinnati, we are losing their quarterback and about four tight ends and four receivers. So we're missing quite a bit here. Uh, what about the coaching staffs? Have have how those remained intact here out?
1: So this is the Scott Satterfield bowl. Scott Satterfield, the L- Louisville coach this year is actually leaving and going to, yes, you guessed it Cincinnati next year. So for those reasons, he excluded himself from this bowl game. So both staffs have interim coaches. Um, both teams are middling offenses, quality defenses, missing a lot of pieces. I just think it's a situation where, like, Louisville is in worse shape than Cincinnati. And, like, Cincinnati is the one getting the coach. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that program's in better standing um, and can kind of, like, hold up to all the changes. And I like Prater a bit. I think he can, like, run a bit and do some things here more than Doman. So, I like the Cincinnati side of this game quite a bit. I'm actually surprised they're getting a point. So, that's one of my more favorite plays um i don't know what to do the stadium layout looks wonky i don't know if you saw like the aerial view of like the layout like
0: i figured it would they're always they always look weird when they're in one of the baseball stadiums
1: yeah so i mean that's really all i have i i definitely lean cincinnati side here
0: yeah this is probably one of my favorite bets that we'll have on this episode cincinnati i think is just a much better team in general like i said i think their program just in much better shape uh louisville losing like the difference between Prater and, and Ben Bryant, like, it might be an upgrade. The difference between Malik Cunningham and Doman is massive. Like, I do not really want Doman. Uh, and then also, like, Cincinnati's probably going to want to run substantially. Looks like their running backs are there. Looks like Tyler Scott, their main receivers there. Whereas Louisville, losing four running backs, losing their number one receiver. I like Cincinnati here. Um, it could be really ugly, though, because, like you said, everything is just a disaster there. So, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, on to the next game, the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. We have Florida going up against Oregon State. Um, As we just talked about in the last game, we had a lot of people missing. We probably have more people missing here for Florida. Florida has about 15 guys that are transferring or opting out. Ventrell Miller linebacker Justin Shorter is gone, Brenton Cox, Osiris Torrance, Anthony Richardson, Trent Whittemore. Josh Braun, Chief Borders, David Reese, Naquan Wright, uh, Corey Collier, Dejon Reynolds, Lorenzo Lingard, Avery Helm, Donovan McMillan, Lloyd Summerall, Jack Anders, and Jalen Lee. Not only that, but they do not have their backup quarterback during the year, Jalen Kitna, due to being arrested for doing bad things. So Florida's missing everyone, effectively. And Oregon State is not having any sort of issue. Uh, They do lose. Luke Musgrave, who's been out, and they do lose Chance Nolan, who has not been a factor at all. I like Oregon State here, especially if you can get it at nine and a half. As you guys see here, it's moved a little bit. It's moved to 10. The lower you can get it, the better, but I like Oregon State. Like, Do I really think Florida is going to come ready to play in the SRS distribution Las Vegas Bowl with everybody missing and their mom? I don't think so. So I like Oregon State here quite a bit. What's your thoughts on this game and any coaching changes?
1: Yeah, I mean, no coaching changes, just a lot of personnel. And like, I would like Oregon State probably at like six and a half or something if that was the case. But like, for me, it's just too many points with uh, Billy Napier having this many, this much time to prepare. I don't even know if the Florida losses are all guys that were like all in on the season anyway. So it might be a situation where you actually get talented guys that haven't had a chance that are kind of hungry and they're like building momentum into the next year. Cause I think the Billy Napier thing in Florida is going to work eventually. Um, So this would be a step in the right direction. Obviously on paper, it looks like Oregon state is in good shape for this game. Like Florida has been dreadful against the run. Oregon state loves to pound it. They've been successful. They have continuity. Um, So everything would point to Oregon State playing well. I just think it's a little bit too many points at this point. And if I had to lean, I would take the 10.5 with Florida, although I I do think Oregon State definitely wins this game.
0: All right, next game we have the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, uh, which will be on ABC, no shock there. We have Washington State against Fresno State. Uh, Not tons of notable players that are going to be missing. Each side is missing a couple guys, linebackers on Washington State, and then they are also missing – Probably their top two receivers, John Striveling and Donovan Ali, have opted to transfer. Fresno State's without a couple of cornerbacks, and then Josh Kelly is going to transfer, but they're more back-end guys. So I like Fresno State here. Of what we know, everyone's playing. Uh, we have not seen anything indicating Jake Hayner, Mims, Remigio, or Moreno Cropper will be out. Similar on the other side of things, we haven't seen anything to indicate like Cam Ward would be out in this game. But I think I like Fresno State. Uh, I think they're the better team here. I think that they are probably better suited for this, assuming that everyone plays. Uh, So on your end, has there been any coaching changes or what's your thoughts on this game?
1: Uh, The Washington state defensive coordinator uh, is left and he's going to Arizona state. Washington state was pretty good defensively this year. They're 18th in SP plus defense. So that probably hurts them quite a bit. Um, I definitely think Fresno state has the motivation on their side. Like, it was a pretty disappointing start to the season, but with Hayner was back and and they kind of hit their stride. And this almost would kind of give some validation to their disappointing uh, season if they take out like a power five team here. So I would definitely lean Fresno state as well. I think they match up and have all the personnel to um, kind of pull this one out. So that's all I have.
0: All right. On to the next game. We have Rice and Southern Miss. Is there anything from the coaching staff that has, will impact this game for you?
1: No, I haven't seen anything. The only thing that stood out to me was Rice has turned the ball over 30 times in 12 games this year. They're kind of a disaster. Frank Gore is going to be the guy for Southern Miss. Um, Southern Miss has the best unit in this game defend- on their defense, 40th in SP Plus this year. I it's going to be a really ugly, boring game. I would lean at Southern Miss, but I am definitely not watching a second of this one. So that's all I have.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. I like Southern Miss. I think Southern Miss, if you get it under a touchdown, is favorable. Um, I would probably take them. I think the under is reasonable here too. I think that this game might be a struggle. So Rice lost their quarterback TJ McMahon and they've been like doing weird things at quarterback for like the last two or three games. I haven't seen anything whether or not McMahon will play. Uh, So that's also something to note. Some of these schools and some of these, this information, like we just don't have it. Like we do not have a concrete baseline on like, will X players that have been injured be back? Because in theory you've had a month since some of these guys have played or at least three or four weeks. Some guys could return from injury, but we're not really getting that information. So we're only going off of what we know. But I do probably prefer uh, Southern Miss. And you didn't even catch me this time, but I forgot to mention in the Lending Tree Bowl. So that is my thoughts are there. All right. Next game, we have SMU versus BYU in the New Mexico Bowl. That's a bit unfortunate compared to the Bahamas Bowl, but SMU is going to be without Rasheed Rice. He has decided to enter the NFL draft, which is not any shock there. Uh, T.J. McDaniel has decided to transfer along with uh, Dylan Goff. He's out due to injury. I did not see it. That's something new that uh, I just found out right now. And Calvin Wiggins is opted to transfer here. So this game, the key with this game for me is BYU. Jaron Hall, about two weeks ago, Coach Satake said that he expected Jaron Hall to, to play. But it all appears that Jaron Hall is leaving after this game to go to the NFL. Then as this week's been going, they said that Jaron Hall is practiced, but not very much. I'm of the belief that Jaron Hall is not going to play. However, we have not got any confirmation on that, and we don't really know it based on the total of this game and the spread changing as drastically as it has, like we've seen an eight point drop in the total of this game. And we've seen the line move like three points towards SMU. I think Jaron Hall's probably not going to play, but you definitely need to note that for that reason, I'd probably be on SMU. BYU's defense is really bad. And I think it's a pretty even game, regardless if Hall plays or not. If Hall's out, the quarterback situation for BYU, three different players have been taking snaps during uh, during bowl prep. I think you can see a total dumpster fire from BYU. However, the SMU defense is so bad, that might prevent that from happening. But I would probably lean SMU here regardless, just because you do have the, the added rub of the fact that Hall could not play. And if, if Hall does play, I think you're still totally fine and in a realistic shot in this game anyway. So... That would be my take here. What's your take here in any coaching moves?
1: Yeah, the only major coaching change is, um, is BYU's defensive coordinator's gone, which is probably a good thing for them. They were rough this year. Both teams are quite bad def- uh, defensively. SMU, 123rd, SP Plus defense, BYU, 103rd. Um, this game could definitely have points, but obviously if Hall's out, that becomes a bit more problematic. Um, also, SMU, Rice has bailed them out so many times that we'll see who steps up for them. Um, SMU is especially terrible versus the run this year, almost five yards a carry. So it could be a situation where BYU gets the running game going and that's really all they need. So there's a lot of question marks here. I think the line makes sense. It looks fair. If anything, I would lean towards the over here after that, that giant move. Like I wouldn't like it in the 70s, but 64.5 seems pretty reasonable at this
0: point. And I think there is upside for a shootout here. All right, on to the Frisco Bowl. We have North Texas against Boise State. Uh, for me, I prefer Boise State here. Neither team is missing anyone, by the way. Austin uni for uh, North Texas, he's like 30, and he's declared for the NFL he's, draft. He's 29. My Come bad, on. my bad. He's 29 and declared for the NFL draft, um, but he is playing the game. Uh, Boise just, I think, is a better team overall. Um, I probably would be fine taking Boise, especially if you get under 10. Uh, I like it, especially if you get it there. But it looks like it's at 10.5. I still think I like Boise. I think they probably win this by two or three touchdowns. The, the North Texas defense is just so bad that I think that they'll struggle. And their offense isn't, like, fantastic. That I think they will probably lose this game pretty handedly. Uh, so that's my thoughts here. What's your thoughts on the Frisco Bowl? Yeah,
1: we've seen Austin Uni struggle in a lot of games, and this is going to be one of them. Like uh, Boise State's defense has been quite good. Their pass defense is elite. They're fifth in SP+. plus. They're only allowing their fifth in yards per game passing allowed, only 6.4 yards per attempt. I think Unis going to really struggle here. Boise is going to do whatever they want uh, offensively. Um, definitely like the Boise side. Uh, but keep an eye on – I wouldn't bet it right now. I, I want to see it maybe if you can get 10 – or nine and a half, but I don't think it's going to move back that way. So, but, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, you have
0: a little bit to play with, though, because even if it goes up to, like, 12, you don't really care. So, I think it's worth yeah. maybe trying to see if you can get it a little lower. And if it does go a little bit higher, you're not really risking tons. Yeah. All right, next game on to the Myrtle Beach Bowl. We have Marshall against UConn. Any coaching changes we have here? Also, how surprised are you that UConn made a bowl game?
1: Not that surprised. Um, Jim Moore, Jr., man. He was yeah. – I thought they would turn it around a bit. So um, yeah, good for them. Uh, No coaching changes. Uh, I think they both have first year coaches this season and both made a bowl. So they're probably in pretty good shape there. Uh, Marshall's defense has been really good this season. They're terrible offensively. So um, they did get Rasheen Ali back the last two games. So he could give them a boost. He's been pretty productive. Um, I'd like the Marshall. I like Marshall to win. I think it might be a couple points too many, so I would lean towards UConn getting ten and a half, but I don't think this is going to be a pretty game. There's As you see by the total, there's not going to be a lot of points scored here. You're on mute. Yeah,
0: yeah for me, I would rather go the Marshall side, but I do agree maybe I would stay away. Uh, Rashina Lee back is big, and honestly, Marshall now has Ali back and LeBorn, and LeBorn's been pretty good this year. Yeah. Uh, so I think that you could go Marshall. They've also moved on past Henry Columbia and now Cam fanter has been starting for them. I think that there's some validity that Marshall would use this game as a pretty good stepping stone next year. So I actually like Marshall here. All right, next game, we got the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Yeah, now we're talking. Now we're talking about the warm-weather games. Uh, Eastern Michigan against San Jose State. Any coaching changes that we have here?
1: No coaching changes. Um, Yeah, really, it's just another spot for me where I kind of want to fade the Mac team. Like San Jose state hasn't looked good. They haven't covered since early October and Eastern missions, Michigan's covered for their last five games, but you know what I like to do with trends like that. I like to write them down on a piece of paper, ball that paper up and throw it in the garbage. Cause I don't really care about those kind of cherry pick trends. Um, San Jose state might be a good reset for them. Only three and a half. Um, I like their personnel a bit more than Eastern Michigan. I think they can slow down Samson Evans. And once you do that, like Eastern Michigan offense, isn't that dynamic. So
0: um, I lean San Jose State here
1: yeah definitely all
0: right in to and I probably would also lean San Jose State um, again I'm with you on the against the Mac plus they have a lot of guys like Chevin Cordero Elijah Cooks Kyrie Robinson like they have guys that are good enough to beat Eastern Michigan as well so I tend to agree with that next game we have Liberty versus Toledo in the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl what do you have in terms of coaching changes here for this one
1: Um, Well, Hugh Freeze has gone from Liberty. Jamie Chadwell from Coastal is coming in. He's not coaching this game, obviously. Um, Liberty looked like a disaster last game post the announcement of Freeze leaving. So I wonder kind of where they're at. No coaching changes for Toledo. Um, This, to me, is a complete stay away. I could see this going in like any direction possible. So I really have no interest in even trying to handicap this game. Do you?
0: I would lean Liberty, but... Toledo definitely is the class of of the Mac, in my opinion. And Liberty has the coaching changes going on. So it's a bit more confusing. Also, I have no idea what Liberty is doing quarterback in this game. Like, they've played so many quarterbacks this year. Charlie Brewer played the last game. I have no idea if he'd play this game. Like, they could start any of, like, five guys. So for me, I'd probably lean Liberty. But that's strictly on a Mac hate uh, type of move. So probably pass. All right, next game we have the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Uh, this one I think is worth noting and and we can talk about line movement. So as you saw when it opened, it opened up with seven and a half. It has moved down to four and a half. The reason for that is because Austin Reed had opted out for Western Kentucky, but he opted back in and will play in this game. So it's a big bump for Western Kentucky comparatively to if they lost someone. However, they are without Daywood Davis, uh, one of their top receivers and probably their best Possession type deep ball threat type receiver. Uh, Jalen Hall has been more productive as the season went on, but I think that David Davis does hurt them because of his actual physical abilities that he has. Um, I probably would stay away from this game. I think both teams are decent. Um, I would probably lean the over, if anything, with both quarterbacks. This game feels like a, a shootout possibility to me. What do you think? Yeah, I guess
1: my first question is, do you think there's any kind of, like, walk of shame associated with, like, re- withdrawing your name from the portal? Or, can like, is that all online? Like, do you have to, like, walk with your head down to the compliance office and be like, I,
0: uh, can I have I my think paper it back? it depends who you are, right? Like, some players just entered the transfer portal to see, like, what was out there, and then they, like, withdrew it. I think it depends what type of player you are and what the team dynamic is. Because, like, if you're respected, your, your teammates are going to be like, okay, no big deal, like, that's fine. Or it could be like, uh, oh, you're a douche and we hate you. But I'm assuming if he's coming back, he's pretty confident that things will be fine for him, um, is my takeaway from it.
1: They, they found him one of those glorious Western Kentucky NIL deals to come back and play for the Bulls. Uh, that, that's
0: what someone said. Someone I did read a tweet yesterday that said that they think that there was just a big NIL deal that got passed along to uh, – to austin reed which is possible i mean it doesn't take much right it takes one person with a good amount of money that's like hey i'll give you a big chunk if you come back
1: probably not even that much money for someone right. like him and like if you're an alum there and you want to see them do well in a bowl game like it might be worth for them just to grease some palms a bit to, to have a quarterback because they were down their backup as well they would have had to play a third stringer here yeah. um you probably feel nice if you picked up west kentucky like plus seven and a half a few days ago Definitely. but um i i think It's kind of a stay away with Reed supposedly playing here for me. I like this uh, South Alabama skill guys like Wayne and Lacey at receiver and Webb at running back. Like they have a pretty solid team. Um, And we've seen Western Kentucky like be slow and boring or like pass heavy and fun this year. So really don't know what to expect here. I don't have a good read on this game, but I, I still lean South Alabama. They've been pretty impressive.
0: Agreed. All right. Next game. We have the Lockheed Martin armed forces bowl. No real opt outs or anything. Any coaching moves in this one?
1: Yeah, nothing. It's just going to be a tough game for both sides. Like, imagine like going to a bowl game and you get like a a, a, an academy offense. You have to prepare for like that's just brutal. That's not fun. Um, But like Aranda's going to have his guys ready to play. But it's going to be a tough game. Air Force is really strong defensively, ninth in SP Plus this year, but they've been bad offensively. 117th in offense, so it's going to be kind of probably a grinded out kind of game, which I think Baylor's fine playing, and they've won plenty of those kind of games this year. So I would lean with them, but I don't like either team on, on the number.
0: Yeah, so actually I do like two two things in this game a lot. I like Baylor and giving five and a half. Uh, a reason for this, typically the academy schools do very poorly in the bowls because teams have effectively three to four weeks to game plan for exactly what they do. So I like Baylor giving the points, mainly because Baylor is a definitely a good enough defense that they can stop what Air Force wants to do with a month worth of prep work in this game. Also, like you said, Baylor's been very, very capable of winning slow, grinded-out wins, and I think that this is one where they can do that as well. I also like the under. I think both teams will be totally fine eating clock in this game. And I think under 49 and a half, like that seems really high to me for a service academy against a good defense and then like a slower methodical offense against a good Air Force defense. So I really like the under in this game as well. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, on to the Louisiana, or I'm sorry, the Radiance Technology Independence Bowl with Louisiana Lafayette and Houston. Uh, For Houston, uh, Tank Dell has opted to go to the NFL. However, he has said he's going to play in this game. Now, sometimes that means that like he's going to play and they're going to just throw the ball to him all game, or it could mean like he's saying he's going to play and then he just doesn't play, like we've seen that happen as well. Uh, but for that reason, I probably lean Houston here, but I'm not like in love with either side, so I probably stay away from this one. What do you think?
1: Yeah, no coaching changes. This with the the Dell question mark. This is a pretty much a complete stay away for me. Um, I don't really have any interest in this game at all. Yeah,
0: I tend to agree. It's not one I'm really looking to touch. All right, next game, we have Wake Forest against Missouri. Uh, for some opt-outs here, Christian Turner and Quinton Cooley, uh, two of the top three running backs for Wake, are gone. They had a couple transfers leave as well. And then on the Missouri side of things, we've seen a few guys transfer, uh, one being very impactful with Dominic Lovett, who was one of their top receivers this year and one of their biggest playmakers. Um, I probably would stay away from this game. I don't really like either side. I just have questions. I do think they're going to throw a lot, though. I think Wake's going to, like, come out and just throw the ball because they've lost running backs, and they probably want to be like – it's like a Sam Hartman send-off. So it feels like that would be a good option to me to maybe touch the over. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl?
1: So do you know what Gasparilla is? I do not. So Union Home Mortgage is the sponsor. Gasparilla is basically a pirate festival in Tampa. Oh, I do named, know
0: that. I did know that. I do know Named
1: that. after the famed pirate Jose Gaspar. Yep. Um Mr. O. Tuttle, Mr. Tuttle, o5 of pirates, um, who kind of terrorized the coastal waters of West Florida for a few decades in the late uh, 1800s. So um, that's pretty interesting. That was my 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 research. I was, I, yeah, I didn't there get to the actual football teams, but I do know what Gasparilla means. There you go. No, I, I mean-
0: actually did know that, but I didn't know like when you asked. Well, as soon as you told me, I knew it. Yeah. I've been invited by someone that lives down there to go to that before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how I knew about it. That's interesting. Um,
1: yeah, no coaching changes. I kind of like the direction Mizzou's going next year. Like, I like Brady Cook a bit more than I probably should as a quarterback. Um, and I don't know. I think this could be kind of a back and forth game. I was surprised the total was this low. I know Missouri's been pretty solid defensively, but I could see this shoot out of like the bowl games we go over. Like, this could easily be a seventy point game. I think so. Yeah. Um, definitely leaning the over here more than any side.
0: Cool. All right, and then last bowl for tonight, we have the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, it's another place a- run. A.K.A. I, mean, I don't
1: want to talk to my family on Christmas Eve Bowl.
0: Yeah, this is exactly what this is. I've definitely sat at my relative's house and watched this game before because um, this was back when there was a lot of action in this game. And people will generally play this in DFS because, uh, yeah, the other option is sitting there and talking to family, whereas otherwise you can sit here and watch this game. However, most years Hawaii's in this game. And it's a lot more interesting of a game. Uh, Middle Tennessee and San Diego State will battle this time. I hate this game. It, like, I looked at everything. It is ugly. I don't like anything about it. Uh, so I don't have any input on this one. Do you have anything differently?
1: I mean, I first looked at it. I was like, oh, I'm going to slam San Diego State here. But the more I looked into it, the more I think, like, it's just going to be really ugly. And Middle Tennessee actually has a chance to cover. Um, I'd probably lean with them and getting six and a half, like, San Diego state offense is just so bad. Like, yeah, they're good defensively. And then San Diego state just wants to run and middle Tennessee has actually been pretty good against the run this year, which it was, I was kind of surprised Um, 27th in yards per game allowed for 3.48 yards per carry defensively. I was, I was kind of surprised by that. So I think they can keep it close. It'll stay ugly. I don't see either team really pulling away. So yeah. Taking points at middle Tennessee state on Christmas Eve. What a way Uh. to live.
0: That is totally fair. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us today uh, with this. Like I said, we'll be back next week with bowls from like the 26th through the 29th. Then we will cap it off with the games on the 30th through the 2nd. Uh, possibly both will come out next week. So be on the lookout for that. Good luck to you guys this week of uh, bowl games. We have about 10 days covered. So good luck over those 10 days. For Alex, I'm Sean. We'll talk to you guys later. See.